I've been working through a, a <clears throat> series from Max Licato called Unshakable Hope. And, and when we prayed about this and when we kind of uh, looked through it, it's a 12-week series. We picked seven. A couple of our small groups are going to do a few more. But I felt like each one of the weeks that, that the Lord kind of led us to, and, and Brian helped me make some of these decisions, were ones that I felt like our, our group need, needed to hear. And, and this morning, the final one, is one that, uh, that's interesting. Let me just explain to you why it's interesting. Because as I look around the congregation this morning, I understand that, that some of you, and, and this, is, this is called justice will prevail. It's about the judgment day. That My three points are uh, God is a, a just God, God is a, a, a God of judgment, and he's a God of just rewards. So if you are the hellfire and brimstone type people, you just can't wait for a pastor to get up there and tell you how it is and how you're supposed to live and all the things you're supposed to do and not do. I was laughing because I'm thinking today, uh, um, 40 years of ministry, I've been in 40 years of ministry, and the, the lessons that I've learned and the things that I've heard are everything from one time as a youth pastor, um, I felt like we needed to do something different. So we did this little scavenger hunt while choir practice was going on, and I had my high school group climb under the pews to get some things, and I'd hit them under there. It greatly offended a few people in the choir. They came to me and said, how dare you take God's house and use it? And I, I was so stunned. I hadn't even thought about that, so I, I learned that one. Um, another time I came in, I, th- I think I told you that uh, uh, wearing hats to church used to be very looked down. In fact, me preaching in jeans used to be a thing that everybody just thought was horrible. If you had jeans on, you're, you're, just, you're pretty much going to hell. That's kind of what they told you. And so uh, I remember this gentleman said to me as I was coming into church one Sunday night. Yeah, we had Sunday night services. Remember those? <laughs> yeah, we've changed a lot of things, haven't we? I don't know if that's good or bad. But anyway, he, uh, he said, you know, John, I just want to tell you that if, uh, if I see people wearing hats, and George, don't take it personally. You got your hat on, you're fine. But if I see you, if I see you wearing a hat, and uh, I, it just makes me want to vomit. And I said, whoa. I said, hey, I said, sir, I, I can guarantee you that we really take this seriously, and the next second, my two interns walked in with hats on. <laughs> so the only thing I could say to him was, well, here's the barf bag. <laughs> if that's your personality, then you want me this morning to stand in front of you and tell you that this is how you're supposed to live your life, and this is what's going to be right, and we live in a country that needs to hear this. If you're completely on the other end of the scale, then, then you're a little worried about listening to somebody talk about judgment day and the God of justice, and, and the fact that there will be these things that happen that, that are not pleasant. And as we look at the day of judgment, the judgment day, in fact, I'm going to read a passage out of Revelation, that it's the great white throne, the seat of the white throne, and, and you begin to realize that, man, this scares me. I don't know if we should talk about that. Or if you're in, the, in between and you just kind of go, hey, you know what, whatever, John, I'm, I'm good with whatever, you just can't tell me. I share that with you this morning because as I prepared this message, the Holy Spirit really wants to work on you and I where we live. And so if you think about the fact that, that he's the God of justice, the God of judgment, and the God of just rewards, it will fit all of those categories in a very positive way. I'm sure that you, uh, you've heard uh, people say before this, this phrase, it's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, we look at the world, I mean, I just shared some things with you. If you grew up in the church, there were just certain things that we did. And all of a sudden, it's, it's changed drastically. And sometimes we just say, it's not the way it's supposed to be. So, th- so many things happening. Injustices everywhere on earth, child trafficking in major nations of the world, including our country, corporate crimes, they're in the weekly headlines, crime rates in inner cities that, that are just, uh, they skyrocket. The world mocks the morality of the scriptures that we believe in. Max Licato put it this way, human life seems as disposable as styrofoam cups. 
when will it stop? When will things be made right? Why doesn't God do something to the social injustices? I'm going to read you a passage from Lucado's book called Unshakable Hope, and I like the way he put it. It kind of leads into uh, where we are. Um, I'm on the right page. Where did you le- when did you learn those words, it's not fair? What deed exposed you to the imbalance scales of life? Did friends forget you? A teacher ignore you, an adult abuse you? Have you ever prayed the psalmist's prayer, Oh Lord, how long will you look on? When did you first ask the, the prophet's question, what, why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why indeed? Why do drug peddlers, peddlers get rich? Sex offenders get off. Murderers get out. Cheaters get by with it. Scoundrels get rewarded. Hypocrites, hypocrites get chosen. How long will injustice flourish? God's answer is direct, not long. Scripture reveals a somber promise. For God has set a day when he will judge the world. He's not sitting idly by. He's not twiddling his thumbs. Every flip of the calendar brings us closer to the day in which God will judge all evil. To set means single out. The judgment day has been chosen. The hour is marked and the the moment reserved. Judgment is not a possibility, but a stark reality. If I stopped right here and this is your first time to our church, you'd think, oh, this guy's a little bit out there. I want to keep going. Judgment day is an unpopular term. We dislike the image of a great hour of reckoning, which is ironic. We disdain judgment, but we value justice. Yet the second is impossible without the first. One can't have justice without judgment. For that reason, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for all for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. The Greek word for judgment seat is bima. The term denotes a court in session, a place where the judge is present and the verdicts are declared. John's apocalyptic language calls the judgment seat the great white throne. This is Revelation 20, verses 11 and 12. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the book. Lots of theories about judgment, the day of judgment, who will be judged, when it will happen, Will there be different stages? But regardless of how scholars discuss when, what, how, the Bible tells us that there will be a final, all-consuming rendering. All believers will be judged by Christ. All, All unbelievers will be judged by Christ. All believers will be judged through Christ. Unbelievers will be punished, and believers will be saved by grace and applauded for their works. Matthew 16, 27 says this on the screen, for the Son of Man is going to come in in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. How does that make you feel? Scared, excited, worried for loved ones that don't know Christ, overwhelmed? I have to be honest. There are days when I almost want to pray down the judgment of God. It's always for the wrong reasons, but maybe at times for what I think are just reasons. Then there are other days I don't want the judgment to come. I'm not ready, or I want to see an event take place, or my family accomplish something, or life is seemingly going awesome. So Jesus, can't you wait till it's just rainy and cold, and then come back? But the day of judgment is coming, and you and I will be a part of it. The only part of justice prevailing, and this one happens to be very real and very intense, the other part of justice prevailing for me is it's God's plan and God's purpose. But we also want justice in another way sometimes, and I want to kind of deal with that this morning as we go through it. That is, we want justice towards those people who have hurt us. 
And so we build our lives and our thoughts and our patterns and our, our attitudes and our bitterness around those who have hurt us. And, and I want to share with you this morning in a very loving way that the God of just rewards, the third point that we get to in a minute, helped us understand that, that he's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's never going to say to us, you know what, you, you blew it, you're done. He's going to give us that just reward as we stay with him. We're finishing seven weeks of unshakable hope. And what I like is nobody can take our hope. Here, here's the seven things just to kind of remind you. The first one is, do critics define your identity? No, because God said, let us make human beings in our image. We are stamped in his image. What a great privilege to step out into the world stamped in his image. Number two, are you a victim of circumstances? Not in the least. When a believing person prays, great things happen. We had a great prayer time Tuesday night. We're going to do some more of those. Some people in the church got together. We just prayed through some things and, and saw some great victories. I already, uh, one of the guys shared with me this morning, we prayed about a specific thing his son was going through. And before the meeting even happened, they removed the person that was the, the troublemaker. Before it even happened. Number three, does God have a place for the small people of the world? You bet he does. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Number four, can anyone understand what it's like to lead your life? Jesus can. Our high priest is able to understand our weaknesses. Is the grave a dead end? Number five, just the opposite. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Number six, can God forgive your failures? He already has. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Our final message today is justice will prevail. Life isn't, for fa isn't fair, but it will be. For God has set a day when he will judge the world. I want to look at three characteristics of God this morning. And what I'm hoping is that, that you will see that there's a foundation that we're building, and there's a progression. And so if you are one of the three people that I described, you're going to find your, your uh, area, and you're going to relate to that. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will open your mind and mine to find out exactly what it is He wants us to apply to our lives and to, to work from. The first one is the God of justice. Psalm 37, 9, uh, 27 to 29, under the word companionship. Turn from evil, verse 27, and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever. But the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. If you ever stop to think about where you will end up for eternity, these are great words. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. What a comfort to know that God will be with those who know him and have, have had a relationship, and they will have that relationship forever. I share that with you because wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, maybe you're just discovering today, you, know, you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and you want that hope in your lives, He gives us that ability to confess our sins. And as we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, His Word says, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will take those burdens and that bitterness and that anger and that hurt and that feeling of being abandoned and allow us to come to Him. That really does give hope. The second part of the God of justice is compassionate. Companionship and compassionate. Isaiah 30, 18 says this, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. What a great verse of promise. He shows us compassion. And if we wait and stand firm, we are blessed. He blesses all who wait for him. And that's sometimes hard. One of the things about being compassionate is that God lets us know that in this area of a God of justice, we can be involved. As a church, we are connected to a ministry in Oyugis, which is about six and a half hours out of Nairobi, Kenya. And I met a group of people two times when I was there. It was a group of ladies called the Wewati. 
and they are amazing people. Now, now let me just, you, you remember with me, and if you need to fall asleep here because you've heard me talk about Oyugis, go ahead, but wake up in a second. Oyugis is a little village that's, that is the highest, has the highest rate of AIDS orphans in all of Kenya. And, and Patrick Marunga, who's a, as a friend of ours, he's been at our church, he was here when we started Mountain View, um, he, he's a, a pastor there. He and his wife started this ministry called Oikos, Household of Faith, and when they started it, they went to this little village because of all the AIDS orphans. And I have lots of stories to tell you, but the one I want to tell you about today is the Waywati. The Waywati were a group of women who saw these orphans who had such a passion for them and worried about them and all the injustices that were happening. Here's one of the things that happens in Oyugis. If your parents die of AIDS and you're living in that, that home, nobody will help you. None of your relatives help you. None of your neighbors help you. You are left alone to raise your family. So we, we started some ministries over the last 14 years. We took uh, goods to them. We, we provided all kinds of things, and the neighbors would steal from those orphans. I don't know about you, but that's where I pray for justice to come down. If those pinheads are going to take something from these precious little kids. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said precious. Just kidding. The other thing we found out was this group of Waywati ladies were so in love with these little kids. And, and I got the privilege of working right alongside them. First of all, they would walk two miles one way to get water. And we saw that as a, as a church, and about four years ago, if you remember, we helped put the well in in that village, and, and it, was, it was a great experience. Because, and those people know that. They don't know us by name, but they know we're a church that loves them. If you remember with me, we had forever tried to get this well in, and one day Patrick called me and said, hey, we found a company that'll do it. Can you pay for it? <laughs> So that Sunday I stood up and said, change your tithe checks, let's pay for the well. And we did. But the Waywati saw these little, these little boys and girls and said, we are going to stand in the gap for them. And we're going to do everything we can because God is a compassionate God for us. And because we know that there's injustices, we are not going to let anything. Here's the funny thing. They, they didn't let men in their group forever. You want to know why? They didn't think men were hard workers. <laughs> and as we're sitting there, a guy walks by one day and she says the guy's name. And as he walks by, she goes to me real quietly, he'll never get in our group. He's all about himself. I love those ladies. They were great. That, that's something that we can do. If, if you are struggling this morning with the injustice in the world, then I want to share with you, find a way to get involved. Every little, every little bit you do makes a difference. Every area is worthwhile. And if you're, if you're so discouraged and so down, downtrodden, say, Lord, where can I get involved? What can I do? Is it right here in my com community? Is it something that I can do for my next door neighbor? There's lots of ways for us to get involved. Because you know what? If you're like me, and none of you want to be, but sometimes you look at it and go, I I'm nothing. How can I do anything? Just little me is just going to be not doing much. And yet the Lord says, wherever we start, it's important for us. Mother Teresa started with one little passion. Man, she was such an influence. Just one, one lady made such a difference. And that's what he's asking us to do today. Quick thought. Having passion for the needs of others is a great way to live. It helps us have the perspective that God has for us. So if you find yourself burdened with issues that seem to spiral out of control all the time, serving others can really help them, put them in God, into God's perspective. This also gives us hope. The second characteristic I see this morning is the God of judgment. Acts 17.31 says this, the day of judgment. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of all this to all men by raising him from the dead. So we know that God set up the day. He will judge us all through his son who died for us and rose again. Does that worry you this morning? Probably the easiest way to look at that depends on your and my guilt. Unconfessed sin 
habits that have caused us to continually do things that are outside of God's will, bitterness that won't allow God's unshakable help to bring his victory, that's how we will view the day of judgment. We're going to be afraid. You know what else is weird? Not weird, but scary. One of the things that the Bible tells you very clearly is when, the day of, when Christ comes back, all of our actions will be made public to everybody. The truth will be known. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So if you're sitting here with some things hidden, they're going to, they're going to come out. And, and, God, and, and like he said, he's not going to forsake us, but it will, make, it will be made evident. Psalm 98.9 says, the day of judgment, but also the design of judgment. Let them sing, verse 9 says, before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and all the peoples with equity. In God's plan for judgment, his design has to be included, especially if we go back to the concept of life not being fair. It's comforting to know that God's design intends to bring righteousness and equality. When perfect love is involved, we have hope. Let me give you a little fun study to do sometimes. Whenever you find a verse, a very familiar verse in the Bible, and you go, man, this is a really good verse, I always want to challenge you to do what I call the verse after. So if you read a really good verse, the verse right after a lot of times, sometimes before, but the verse after has amazing truths. And for me, the one that I always live by, that, that I love, is John 3.17. Say with me John 3.16, the most known verse in the Bible. You want to say it with me together? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. There's the verse. I mean, people have written books about it. There's a book called John 3.16, and, and it's great. The verse after you see on the screen behind you, and it's John 3.17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, but, that, but to save the world through him. But that the world through him might be saved. So, so there's the principle. It says that, that here, here we think this God of justice and the God of judgment, his design for judgment was that the world would be saved. His love his compassion, his companionship make a difference for us today so that we know he's not out to, to drill us and send us to hell. I've already said hell twice this sermon. That's amazing. But what he's done for us is he's given us love and joy and forgiveness and hope. Funny how God's design to judge brings us hope. His love covers us for eternity as we live in him and for him. The third characteristic this morning that I see is the God of just rewards. I talked about exposing the truth. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. As God judges each of us, is our best interests in mind. Once the truth is found... Those who love God and have a forgiving relationship with Him will receive His praise and His rewards. The truth will come out. I stop here again this morning and I ask you, have you asked for forgiveness? Are you living in a, a little area right now in your life where that, that sin has so enveloped you that you cannot move forward? And, and what He tells us today is that as, as that comes to Him, He loves us so much He just takes it from us. So the God of just rewards knows exactly what we need. 2 Timothy 4.8, experiencing his righteous rewards. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I love the phrase, the crown of righteousness. It's kind of fun to think this through. Life without sin or doubt or fear or not trusting others or hatred or bitterness, or pain, or sickness, or past hurts. That 
is taken away because God gives us the righteous judge. He's going to award me joy and peace and love and understanding and kindness. And that's incredible. There's two concepts I have this morning that I want to share with you as we, we finish our time together as we, we bring it down. And, and I prayed a lot about this this week because I feel like God has brought into our room this morning, into our congregation, all kinds of people who are, are dealing with these areas, myself included. And so as I pray about it and as I think about it, I really want the Holy Spirit to, to help you and I understand the God of justice, the God of judgment, and the God of just rewards loves us so much that he set this up for us. Here's my first concept. Matthew 7, 24 to 27, very familiar story. You know it very well. I'm going to read it for you. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This is, these are 24, 25, 26, and 27, four verses to me that give tremendous authenticity to the claims of Christianity. And here's why. If I stood here today and only talked to you about um, the, the second part of that, that passage, where the foolish people built their houses on the sand, the storms rose, and everything was destroyed. And nothing, nothing about the people that built their houses on the rock. Here's what I like. The first thing is, it rained on both people. It rained on both people. It rained on the just and the unjust. It, on, it rained on the, the wise man and the foolish man. It just didn't rain on one or the, rain on one or the other. So that gives me credibility to know that, that Jesus loves me. He's a God of just rewards. He, he's, he's part of a God of just rewards because the rain helps me experience the storms of life. We sang a great song today about going through the storms of life. So if, if you have any doubt today and you're worried at all, know that, that God is a God of just rewards. It's going to rain on all of us, coming from a person who lives in Oregon. But we're going to be able to withstand those storms because he tells us that he is firmly around us as we trust in him. So if you don't know him in a personal way today, or if you have walked away from him and, and not really allowed him to be the center of your life, let me just encourage you in a very loving way to just come back to him this morning and say, you know what? I want to build my house on the solid rock again. Concept number two. Concept number two to me is kind of, kind of goes a little different way this morning. And it's this, it's found in, the, and it's, it's the song we sang, but we're going to finish with it in just a minute. He will make us beautiful. He will make all things beautiful. His goal is to take what is difficult and make it beautiful. Psalms 149, the American Standard Version said this, For Jehovah taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. He'll make us beautiful. And that's what I want to end with this morning as we think about it, to know that God will take the storms of my life, the difficult times of my life, the mistakes that I've made, the regrets that I have, and he will allow me to give all of those to him because his desire is to make me beautiful. His desire is to make you beautiful. And as we go into a world that needs to see that, we need to understand the God of justice who loves the, the people that are, that are down and out, who, who struggle, and there's so many ways we can help them. The God of judgment. Because he loves you and me, he set up judgment. He set up the fact that there's right and there's wrong. And if you do what's right in his eyes and connect yourself to him, you will experience his rewards. If you do what's wrong, you're going to experience destruction. And then the God of just rewards says, you know what? 
I will be faithful to all of you who stay with me, who live for me, who put your lives in my hands, who allow me to work, allow you to work in and through me. I will reward you and I will give you praises and I will exalt you because you are faithful. What does he need to make beautiful in your life today? What is it that you need to say, hey, this is a hurt that I cannot get over with my, on my own strength? And God will say today, through his son Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, let me take that hurt and make you beautiful. What is it today that God wants to do in your life and mine so that not only will he make me beautiful, but he gives me the chance to share his light and his love with those people around me? I can't tell you how fun it was those three times in Oyugi's to see these little kids and just see how happy they were. And just have a chance just to, they played soccer on the worst thing I've ever seen. It was the side of a mountain. There was no field. You, you'd have never known. They were kicking balls, running everywhere. And I thought, that's, that's true joy. Because the way Wati said, hey, this is a group of people that I'm going to stand up for. I'm going to make a difference for. Parents, how about your kids today? How about the families that God has entrusted us with? Can we stand in the gap for them? Can we say, God, I want to be that, that faithful husband and wife who, who mom and dad who say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm, I'm staying true to you. I'm building my house on the rock so that at those times in the lives when our kids go in directions that we're not so sure about, we can anchor ourselves to the rock and they can come back to us and they can see his truth and they can hear his truth and they can experience it because we are grounded on him. And finally, what are those things that scare you this morning? That you're holding deep inside of you saying, you know what, nobody really knows this, but this is the one thing I'm afraid of because it's who I am. Can you give that to God today? Let's pray as the worship team comes as we finish our service. Lord, thank you this morning for uh, the truth of your word. Thank you that all throughout scriptures you talk about you're the God of justice, you're the God of judgment, and you're the God of just rewards. And we are grateful for that today. But thank you too that, that you give us the ability to take the, 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 who we are, our personalities, our skills, our spiritual gifts, and make a difference to see this world pointed to you, God, a holy God who loves us. Finally, Lord, as we finish today, may we just uh, sense your leading in our lives to take action on what you're telling us. It's in your name.